The year is 2020, a not so distant future. Oh, wait, 2020, a socially distant present, is upon us. Horrible things have befallen the earth. Murder hornets, volcanoes, and Taco Bell has removed the Mexican pizza from its menu. If only there was a familiar voice to bring back a sense of normalcy to where it was in the before times and to carry us through to the new year. If only. Hello, Fatterday Omaha people. I'm back. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. Hello, everyone. It's Fatima here, Fatterday Omaha's AI program. For those new to the podcast, I often host the year-end review and kick off the new year and we are going to do just that. It's been a difficult year in many ways. The hosts of Fatterday Omaha, Dave, Sam, and TJ haven't eaten together in a restaurant in a long time. However, much like our fantastic restaurant community, Fatterday has pivoted to keep Fatterday alive and kicking with our socially distanced dining via curbside and takeout. We have brought you entertainment to take with you from interviews with restaurant professionals through our Food Recognize Food series and restaurant reviews with our Fatterday morsels. You will note that in our podcast list the shows with the word episode stop at 49, though we have released many shows after that. The reason is that episode 50 is reserved for when the team is fully back together in a co-located restaurant space. So there's the kickoff, I'm going to hand it over to Dave to tell you a bit more. Thanks Fatima, it's been a while, good to see ya. No problem Dave, glad I could help. Did you tell Gorman at Herdat Media that I was going to be part of this? Um, no, but I think he'll be okay. Okay. Did you send him my writer? Yeah, about that. Uh, the USB extension in your dressing room isn't a big deal, but that collab with Alexa and Siri twice a year? That might be a bit hard to come by. Anyway, okay, so here's Dave's soliloquy where I refer to myself in the third person. 2020 has been a different year in so many ways. Our last full dine-in was at Chima's African Cuisine and was a collaboration with Dan Hoppin of the Restaurant Hoppin Podcast, and that was February 22nd of this year. As mentioned, after things changed, we switched to a parking lot eating model where we would get curbside or takeout and eat in the car. The purpose of this was multifold. TJ came up with the plan, and initially we ate in the back of the Fatmobile, the socially distanced minivan, with full table and chairs at El Chicano Mexican Bistro. This allowed for us to have a stable dining experience and have the food as fresh and as close to the restaurant as possible. Since then, to reduce exposure, we've moved to dining in separate vehicles with windows down so that we could talk. I hope that we emphasize, and if not I will now, that Fatterday is centered in friendship and camaraderie with a meal as part of the event. As stated, TJ and I, Dave... Hey, there is that third person thing again. Thanks for noticing, Fatima. Anyway... TJ and I eat smaller during the week, so our Fatterday is a time to eat and enjoy the best of both company and food. We love this meal. We loved doing this before the podcast, and we include you in our adventures through the podcast. I'm so happy that we've determined a way to have this continue. Now, one thing is paramount. We can't do this without all of the restaurant staff and their hospitality and hard work. Their hard work and labor and perseverance to create a good meal 
both when we could eat in and the amazing adaptations they've made to continue bringing us a nosh of normalcy, a cloche of comfort, a brulee of... Really, Dave? Really? Seriously, though. The absolute love and care put into your food and your places of business and your caring for staff and us, the locals and visitors whom seek your food, is top-notch. Besides the restaurants from places like Block 16 and Chefs Jess and Paul Urban that adapted so quickly, to Via Farina and Kitchen Table with Grocery Offerings, there are places like Culprit Cafe that deliver to my door goodies to share with my family staying at home. Basically, what I'm saying from the heart, in all seriousness, is thank you. Thank you, Omaha and surrounding restaurants for bringing me happiness throughout the year. I look forward to many more meals, your care, and your hospitality. Speaking of hospitality, we aren't the only podcast around. Like the chefs in Omaha, we are supportive. We reached out to Donnell for a quick recap of 2020. I'd introduce him more, but when I reached out to him, I requested he give us his signature intro and then give us a message to include in our year-end show. What's up, everybody? It's your man, Donnell, a.k.a. Small Guy Promotions, a.k.a. The Omaha Fatty. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Fatterday Omaha. Thank you guys for doing what you do in the community. Sam, TJ, Dave. I personally am happy to be a part of the food community in Omaha, and a big goal of mine is just to support as much as I can uh, for these local mom and pop shops and tell everybody in the area about the great places that we have to dine at. We're very fortunate in Omaha. Uh, There's a lot of good places out there, uh, a lot of different types of food that we can uh, have on a daily or weekly basis. And I know 2020 has been a struggle, and I want to provide support to those guys whenever possible. I don't want to see anybody close. Uh, It's been great to help out in 2020, and I'm looking forward to doing more of it and even bigger on a bigger scale in 2021. I'm looking forward to meeting the cast of Saturday Omaha and Breaking Bread. Here we come, 2021. Yeah! Make sure to check out Omaha Fatty's social media. Oh, did you know he has a giant crab rangoon named after him at Golden Bowl in Bellevue? That's legit. Stacy Winters of the Omaha Food Lovers, drink. Haha <laughs> inside joke. Speaking of the Omaha Food Lovers group, Fatterday would like to thank you for your support and the group for keeping a pulse on new restaurants and events at Classic Favorites. Stacy, you and Heather and your team have helped us find some gems. Things outside of restaurants like Cure Cooking and their delicious bacon and meats, Junior's Forgot Store and their watermelons which was a favorite drink during the summer months. Help on places with curbside dining and always lending a hand to the community, thanks for being a huge part, 40,000 plus member part of the Omaha food landscape. Also a key part of Omaha's landscape are our chefs and restaurant owners. This year Fatterday started a series of episodes with those folks with the keys to the food. Dave can you talk about that a bit? Sure, Food Recognized Food is a play on Real Recognized Real. These chefs and owners gave up their personal time to talk with Fatterday. I really wanted to be able to connect with people in the restaurant community, and wow did these folks deliver. I asked them about themselves, through what they like to eat, and their memories. These are awesome people, and I thank them for the opportunity to get to know them better. Here are a few clips from Jess and Paul Urban of Block 16, Universal of Best Burger, Chris Kopp of Kopp's Pizza, Maria Viegas of Ono Pane Kitchen, John Ray of Via Farina, and Wayne Dingus of Smoke and Barrel. Like one of my one of my best food memories ever. Uh, we went to Paris for 
Jess's birthday, right? Wasn't it? Like yeah. it was like I surprised We brought our eight month old because I wouldn't leave her at yeah. home. So we, I was friends with this guy on Facebook, Austin Johnson, and I didn't really know him, but somehow we were friends and we, I saw he was like posting all these cool pictures. And then I asked Ben over at Okaran, he's like, yeah, yeah, I heard that guy's really good and he's running a place called Frenchie in Paris. And so we tried to get reservations and we couldn't. So I messaged him and I'm like, hey, I don't, you know, we don't know each other, but we would like to come eat. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, um, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll get you guys a table. It's really small. We got well, a- Well, the Davidsons had recommended it as well. Yeah, so the, yeah. yeah, so Dusty Davidson, the owner of Flywheel, they hooked yeah. us up with like a nanny over there because they, wow. they spent, yeah, so we got this nanny. We had one night out and we went to Frenchie in Rue de Nil. And it was like, we walked in, Austin couldn't have been nicer. Like we literally, he's like, sit at the bar. They have like a little like breakfast lunch place. And then they have where we were, their fine dining tasting menu only, but it's like 75 euro, no tip. And then they have the wine bar across the street and it's yeah. tiny. And he went across the street, brought back some like fresh pate he had made. And he's like, here, you can just snack on this throughout the meal sent out the tasting menu and it was just yeah. like the flaw with the charred onion yeah like, like it was so cool see, i mean see. cone flour ice cream yeah uh, katie ray at bittersweet pies cakes i mean i can eat so all katie day. ray who is john ray's wife john ray up at, at the arena okay she owns her own spot it's bittersweet with the chocolate or the the sugar makery right yeah over in council bluffs okay and you can go get her pastries. You can get them here, too. She does our little snacks. She does all the pies for the take and makes. And you can go over and get, I mean, she's got, like, the coolest little desserts, but they also have, like, retro candy there. And they oh. have, like... Retro sodas. It's, like, 200 combinations of popcorn flavors, yeah. oh right? Or something gosh. like that. It's, the popcorn will blow your mind. Like, literally, yeah. we, we, we were carrying it. Um, we were starting to carry it right when COVID started. We were yeah. starting a lot of really cool stuff. We were just starting to do. Yeah, we were doing small plates. Yeah, appetizers, entrees. I she mean, made a, they made us a Frito pie popcorn that was, like, exclusive what? to Block 16. Exclusive to us. So we might oh. love to bring it back. It, yeah. It was it's dangerous because you just eat so Yeah, when much things are back to normal because, you know, um, just it's hard to start something new in the middle of a pandemic. So right. um, anyway, shout out to them because it is amazing. And Yeah. I mean, our entire menu, like all of everything we cook is all food memory, at least a lot of it. A lot like, of yeah, it. Yeah. Stems from. Yeah. I grew up in a primarily Belgian and German family. And so my mom's pork roast, sauerkraut and dumplings mm. will forever be my final meal. That's, that's what yeah. I want. Um, but you know, Plum dumplings, nettles, um, head cheese. You have I, to mention, like, the thing about plum dumplings is you're making them together and you're eating them. I was lucky enough to meet Paul's grandmother and spend time with her before she passed and yeah. experience the plum dumpling, where everyone gathers, she makes a dough, her hands, she had arthritis and they were, uh, like, knobby and yes. she worked that uh, dumpling and the dough around it and then you poach them and then you have copious amounts i mean pounds and pounds of butter go into a pot <laughs> brown butter yeah make brown butter and then there's like a huge dish with cinnamon sugar and you need to basically just coat these things in sugar and butter and 
his grandma kept telling me I wasn't putting enough butter on and enough sugar. Yeah. And so those, and the family, you know, you're sitting around a table talking and, and eating like 20 of these things. Oh, that's I awesome. just have to list two more real quick things. And yeah, I, I'll, I just has to talk, but I, I just have to say like, when I was a little kid, every Saturday morning, my two sisters and I would get up with my dad and we would watch the Smurfs and eat they would eat donuts and yeah. I'm, a, I'm a type 1 diabetic so okay. my dad would get me a cake donut and this was a long time ago before they had a lot of like cool sugar free stuff so he would take a packet of equal green food coloring water and flour and make like a fake icing oh. and it was like I, I won't ever make it myself because I know that it'll, I'll be disappointed but it was like the best thing in the world absolutely yeah, yeah. And I, that's what yeah that's the best part and you know it's like to me it's like a tradition it's one of those things that like we were, ready, you know, like I have a lot of great memories connected. That's probably why sure. I even say it because not only do I enjoy the fuel, food, right. but it's like you know, Fourth of July, like our, our our family comes into town. And it's one of those things that it's like they go and buy a bunch of it, yes. so it's connected to so many good memories. Yes, you know, and it's just the people, like the same people, work there that when I was a kid, you know, yeah. and now it's like their kids or their cousins. So you just see that line, and it's just like, why not? Just you keeping know? it going for sure, for yeah. sure. Just you know, pulls at the heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. Food wise, that that's that's crazy that you say that because one of mine is cinnamon rolls as well. Nice, like my uh, great grandmother. Yeah, like when I was a kid, you know, like that's what she's famous for. Like everyone in our family like misses that. Yeah. Even the family that like lives out of town because it would get sent to them. Sure, like that. You oh know, my goodness, she she's shipping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my like goodness. when we were kids, you know, like that was our gift. Wow, you know, like we Christmas and birthdays, we would get. You know, that's yeah. what she would send us, like a big pan of cinnamon rolls. Oh, and they were, like, awesome. so good. She used, like, this, like, old-fashioned, like, Indian bread and, like... Yeah. It, it's it's crazy because it's a taste that, like, haunts me. Sure. Honestly. Like, I can't, I can't find it. You know, like... Right. You crave it sometimes and you can't find it. And then... How deep the those food memories, you know, right. care with you know carry with you and... Definitely, And whatnot, man. so... Yeah, definitely. Like, sometimes awesome. I... I mean, it... it it like just hits me sometimes, you know. Yeah, it was like or like when I'm sad or I'm I want to celebrate something. Sure, you know it's like man, I wish I had this. Like I don't know. Sometimes I get a taste and I'm like, what is that taste? <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's like I'm sure it's something that I ate, you know, yeah. as a child or something. I don't know. It's, right. You know, right. and it's like the friendliest people, the best food. You know. Right. Because like I mean that's that's always been my thing. Like I learned that. As a child, like my my grandfather taught me that yeah. to eat at locally owned places, you know. Yeah, it's like it's not just like a fad with me, you know. For sure, like that's what we did every Saturday. We would go to a different one, different parts of town, you know. And it's like that's where you find the best food. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, every time we'd go visit my grandma, the first day we'd get there, she would make uh, pork and beans. Oh yeah, like like legitimately from scratch, and then just tons of cornbread with butter and honey. And they lived out on a farm, so they made their own butter and stuff oh. like that. So it was just like, I don't know, it was like something I never had. You'd never get anywhere else because uh, homemade butter is just on a different level. Like, it's yes. just, that was the only place I've ever experienced it. I don't know if I'll ever experience it again because it's so much work. Right. But just every time we went out there, she made it like the first time we had always arrived. We'd always get there at like 1030 or 11 at night. Because yeah. that's always when we got there because they lived right. in Colorado. Yeah. And we'd pull up and, you know, have a couple bowls of that. It was just one of those memories that's just like oh. it's hard and you know I'll, you know it's just one of those memories that you know we'll never have but also we'll never forget and my, sure. my family and i talk very fondly of it 
Kansas City Joe's just has a really cool story in general. I mean, they started in a gas station. The first one was in a gas station for about seven, eight years. Yeah. Now they have three locations. Um, but the Z-Man is basically like a brisket sandwich, and then it has like an onion ring and barbecue sauce and stands probably about 10 inches tall. And nice. you get this mound of fries with it, and it's just... One of those things when you're when you're having a day, you just go there and it's like all your cares go away. It's you know, oh. food is uh, one of the ultimate healings. Uh, maybe only for a short time, but man, yes, it is. Food is awesome. Well, like um, say in um, the Philippines. Yeah, I haven't been there in a very long time, but I grew up there since um, before. With you know, before I came to Hawaii, I I lived in the Philippines. Yeah, I think street food would be your best bet. Yes, because I was too young to eat. And a big restaurant and all that. I mean, we've gone to Jollibee, all that stuff. But yeah. that's so commercialized. Right. I mean, back then, we only ate on the street. Right. So I would, if I go back there, possibly going to try the street food. I like but it. But more in the high end. <laughs> I don't want to go to the little town, you know. Right. So, because I guess when, once you're in the United States, your stomach's a little bit different. Uh-huh. That's what they say. So, you got to be careful whatever country you're at. Sure. So, yeah, street food is my best bet. <laughs> That's awesome. Are there so. are there any street food stands or anything that you I, I know is probably going a little farther back that you can remember the name of that if somebody pops over to the Philippines? No, like, I think there's no name. It's just what it is. It's like if a person has a store, yeah. they have a cookout. Gotcha. And you just buy the barbecue stick and they sell, um, uh, what you call that, chicken feet. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> and I don't know if you know what balut is. I do know what balut yes, is. Yes, and they serve that in the street. In fact, they walk around the neighborhood and uh-huh. they yell balut, you know, and you buy it in hot bread. So, see, huli huli chicken. Uh-huh. It's my, one of my favorite because growing up in Hawaii, we've done it during high school. We have to cook the huli huli chicken to raise money. Oh, really? Class because, oh, like a fundraiser? Yes. It's always a fundraiser for the junior, uh, junior high. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, not ju- junior year. Sure. Because we prepare for our graduation. Our school graduates at the NBC Arena. It costs a lot of money. You have to put your deposit years in advance. And yeah. so if you want to graduate in a big coliseum rather than a field, yeah. then you raise money. So huli huli chicken is one of the things that you have to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Baste that chicken and grill it until noon. Uh-huh. And... It's just the flavor because I see it all around. When, you know, when you're in Hawaii, I don't know about now because I haven't been there in a year. Sure. But before growing up, you can see Safeway, Time Supermarket, all those local um, stores. Yeah. They make the Hulu chicken. You can really? buy it off the parking lot. Oh, my goodness. So that's like, to me, that's home. So right. when I see Hulu chicken, when you smell it, uh-huh. it reminds me of home. Oh, that's and, awesome. And, you know, because we always gather. And my mom would just buy two Hulu Hulu chicken for us to split. Right. It's like six of us, you know. Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. That's one of the best memories because it's just taste. Food in Hawaii is just tastes better. Sure. So I, I can't explain it, but you know, I, well, that, you I have mean, to be there to go, you know, eat it. Yeah, I feel like Omaha's barbecue scene has really kind of stepped up its game over the last uh, handful of years. I'd agree. Um, one of the newer ones, it's actually right in my neighborhood, Wayne's New School Barbecue up there on about. Oh yeah, forty about forty six, forty eighth and center. Yeah, 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 yeah. you bet. Um, they do a really, really good job. Uh, I just had it maybe last week or the week before, and it was it was fantastic. Uh, there's a couple places out west. Uh, let's see, Porky Butts is one sure. that's doing a really good job. Uh, let's see, Jim's Ribhaven. I mean, that yeah, place has been around yeah. for years, and and I'm typically not a, a smoked poultry person. A lot a lot of times, it just tends to be on the dry side. I don't know what it is that they do there, <laughs> but that is not just the best smoked chicken I've ever had. That might be the best chicken I've ever had. Whoa. It's, uh, it's I mean, we, we had a, a big barbecue feast here 
when we were having a, just one of our slower days during the pandemic and we got a bunch of food from gyms and everybody fell in love with the chicken. I've probably been back there every two to three weeks since then to get it again. Oh and my it's, gosh. It's so reasonably priced. It's so well done. It's so consistent. Um, it, it's an wow. easy place to go support as well. A lot of it goes back to, to being around my grandma's house. Uh, we lived a couple hours away from her, so I didn't get to be around her all the time. But when I was there, there was always like a couple of things that we always had going on. Um, the eggs and toasting, like over easy eggs and toast was just, that was around since time I, I can remember. Um, and then she had another lady that had grandkids that I was friends with that lived about a block away. And they would always be baking something between the two houses. So we would kind of run back and forth between the houses and it could be pies and cakes and uh, sticky buns and, oh, and nice. all sorts of, and those smells I can still remember. I can still picture the kitchen. I can still remember those smells. Um, and that's, I think, why I took such a liking to comfort food. Um, it's like that you try to run that fine line, especially like it, just in the era of food that we're in, where you want you want the the younger people, the the people that are going out and spending money on food right now, but they want this flair to come with it. Sure. But you're also trying to make that dish to where my grandma could sit down and be like, "That's really good." Um, yeah. And that's kind of the, the fine line that I've always tried to walk. I, definitely more on the rustic style, um, old school methods, you know, stuff along those lines is, is always going to be uh, the stuff that I think about. And that, I mean, that's one dish. Uh, when I was at Metro, they had uh, a chef come up from old Mexico. Yeah. And she made me a cheese taco. Uh-huh. She just went and grabbed random products out of the stuff you could probably find in everyone's refrigerators. Yeah. But it was in our walk-in, and she made it more of what we are used to as an enchilada. Oh, interesting. So she made the sauce, basic sauce, red sauce. Roll, you know, drip, um, kind of soaked that tortilla in it. Yeah. Put this cheese in it, rolled it up, dropped it, and I'm one of the top five foods I've ever eaten. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Dude, and I, I had the pleasure of working with her, you know, kind of showing around and working with her, you yeah. know, for a week. It was one of the top five foods I've ever it, oh my gosh. Cheese, tomato, and an enchilada and or a tortilla like no meat or anything no just, meat it just, wow just whatever the magic whatever the voodoo she did on that <laughs> it was fantastic it, it was you know oh, that's crazy how she combined the most simplest ingredients yeah this is going way way back when i used to work at casio's yeah they're breadsticks oh okay all right so i i was working there when al casio was actually owning owned the place okay um 14 years old, rolling on my skateboard. Hey, mom's making me try to find a job. You know, and I was like, how fast can you have a pair of black pants and a white shirt? No paperwork. You know, old school. You know, the way things used to be. Right. So simple. Yeah. Um, but I would bust tables, wash dishes. Um, and at one end of it, I want to say his name was Pepe. Uh-huh. Uh, I could be wrong. It spent eons ago. But he made these breadsticks and eating them right out of the oven i mean Aww. we had a vat of clarified butter oh that you know we scooped some into a bowl uh-huh. one of the, you know, the old school italian restaurant manila-ish kind of colored bowls right and we just eat breadsticks all day long i mean how i i don't understand why carbs are a problem oh. maybe it's because i just don't exercise as much as i used to <laughs> um but it was so good all of these people were wonderful to have on the show and this podcast is now over two years old We've been at Taste of Omaha, had a burger named after us at Block 16, and this year we took a new step and were signed on to Herdat Media.
One of our collaborators, friends, and advocate of the restaurant scene is also a part of Herdat Media, Dan Hoppen. Dan and Fatterday go back prior to being on the same media network and have done many different things in the food world together. Thanks for being a part of 2020, collaborating on the Chima episode, your inaugural Fatterday, contributing to the OFL call and show and just being an all-around good guy. Dan sent this message to us and we'd like you to take a quick listen. Hey there, Omaha. This is Dan Hoppen from the Restaurant Hoppen Podcast. Uh, just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So excited for, for what 2021 has to bring. Um, just on a note for restaurants, I mean, 2020 was a rough year for all of us, I think. You know, that kind of goes without saying. But for me, at least, there was always, like, food was kind of that grounding thing. Like, that was that's something that I love about Omaha and about this food scene is, as rough as everything going on around us is, I could always count on getting a good meal from a local restaurant, even if that looked a little bit different this year and it came out of a takeout box, you know, instead of um, via a six-course tasting menu or something like that. But Omaha has just done such a good job over my entire life feeding me and giving me just amazing food. And I don't think I really took time to appreciate it until this year and I really want to encourage people to do that and think about that as we head into 2021. Think about your favorite restaurants and really get out and support them, whether that's dining in the restaurant if you're comfortable and that's allowed, or getting takeout, getting gift cards, getting merchandise, whatever you can do to support our restaurants were always there for us when times were tough. And now we got to be there for them. And I know we can do it. Omaha, you've done a great job supporting so far. We just got to keep it up. We got this. Support your local restaurants. Have a wonderful new year and a great 2021. Happy Fatterday. Fatterday audience, make sure to check out his podcast because it's a great listen. Thank you, Herd at Media, for bringing us aboard, and Fatterday is going to do great things in 2021. Hey, Dave, what do you want to do now? I'd like to thank everyone that listens to this podcast, interacts with us on social media and tries a new place because of an episode or a photo you saw from us. We visited some well-known places last year, but there are some that were a bit tucked away. So, as part of our service to help you find cool places to dine, here are some 2020 picks for you to try. For Mexican, please try Tixteco on 16th Street in Omaha and get their quesadilla masa. A bit more southern, get the pabellón at El Arapón Venezuelan food at the Switch Dining Hall in Omaha. To the east... Lalabella Ethiopian food. Get the combo plate where you too can eat the plate. Travel south to Lincoln to HF Crave and try the Han Solo, a burger with kimchi, and uh, it's delicious. And there's some of our top picks for 2020. We talked about the OFL earlier. For this year end review, Dave talked with founding member Stacy Winters of the Omaha Food Lovers Group for some keynotes of 2020. This is Dave with Fatterday Omaha here, and I have uh, one of the founders of the Omaha Food Lovers Group, Stacy Winters, with me. Hi, Stacy. How you doing? Hey, David. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing real well over here as well. Um, and so, yeah, we're doing the the Fatterday year-end review and just kind of doing a, 
a wrap-up on, on quite a crazy year in 2020, and we know there's been some kind of rough things, but there's been some really good things, too. And so when you and I were were messaging uh, regarding uh, you coming on the show here and and just giving us uh, a few little tidbits uh, to, to summarize 2020 and, and maybe what's going to happen in 2021 uh, in regards to uh, the Omaha Food Lovers Group, you you had some good topics there. So um, yeah. So yeah. So Stacy, give it to me. What you, what you got? So yeah, with the Omaha Food Lovers specifically, um, the group. Um, obviously, we we were growing pretty fast before the pandemic hit, but we were at about sixteen thousand members. Um, and you know, come the middle of March, and as of now, nine months later, we're we're at forty seven thousand members. So oh my gosh, uh, it grew. Yeah, it, you know, I think we're we've been in existence now for sixteen months, um, but it's just. The growth was phenomenal. I think, you know, people were, you know, you know, stuck in their homes and trying to figure out where to go for takeout or where to get, you know, different meals from. And so it just became a, a place where people gravitated towards. And, you know, we've done our best to try to really keep it a, a positive community. Um, you know, obviously there, you know, people have some negative experiences, but sure. we've done a, We've done a real good job of trying to, you know, keep it positive. And you can see that from, you know, the, the interactions with most people are, um, you know, really friendly for the most part. And, you know, I think that's something we've, you know, we, we've tried to make it a place where people feel, you know, welcome um, and that they can come and talk food of all sorts. And, you know, you know, some people get on other topics as well, but it's usually all very supportive. So it's been a, it's been a fun, fun way to, to see it, uh, fun to see it grow. I think yeah. um, the group itself pivoted a bit too, I think when, when this happened, because, you know, prior to the pandemic, you know, we kind of had, um, a bit of a limitation on, you know, how often, you know, restaurant managers, owners, whomever would, could share kind of their specials or what was oh, going yeah. on in the group, what was going on in the group. And so, you know, obviously we, we noticed a need um, right away for businesses to be able to leverage the, their, you know, basically this captive audience. So right. we kind of did it, we, we kind of did away with the, you know, you know, maximum, you know, as far as sharing and how, how often you could do it. And, you know, it just became a really great place for people to come find, you know, specials or takeout items or curbside or whatever it was. And I think it just, it, it's, you know, we, we definitely you know, changed the kind of the direction of the group a bit. And I think it's, yeah. you know, been, been for the better. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I myself have been a, a benefit of that. I mean, definitely, you know, Omaha food lovers in general, since it's uh, inception, because, you know, it used to be, I, I would drive around town to find new things or, you know, and I'll still do that mm-hmm. if I see something yeah. stood up, but usually OFL's got it right on there. And yeah. but with all the, the pivoting and different people have different uh, requirements right now on how they want to see their food delivered. And yeah. the, the OFL has been very uh, forthcoming and, and adaptive. And it's like, okay, I, I really want to make sure I can go to a place that has curbside. Okay, great. Yeah. And, and here's yep. a list or, you know, and, and having the, the restaurant owners be on there as well, I think has really helped them and, you know, just, just being an outlet there for them to show what they're doing and, and those specials. Cause I mean, the OFL is the right group to drop those specials into cause they want that cool item yeah. of the week. <laughs> exactly. And it's that, and I've heard this from several owners that what they appreciate is that direct interaction with their customers because, you know, places like Yelp or sites like Yelp don't really provide that. And, you know, the other thing is I think, uh, you know, having the owners and, and, you know, restaurant staff on there too, it, it definitely humanizes things a little bit yeah. as well. It's like, these are real people trying to make a living and, and it's good to have, I mean, they want 
honest feedback and well-reasoned yeah. feedback. And so, you know, that's good. And, and yeah, exactly. So I think, sure. you know, kind of to, you know, moving on, to, you know, I think with, uh, um, what we've seen kind of during the pandemic, right, is you've seen restaurants have to adapt to different, you know, like you said, different requirements and, and things like that. And so, you know, we're seeing restaurants um, definitely step up their their game when it comes to yes. whether it be social media, whether or not it be online ordering, um, making sure, trying trying to make sure that they're you know, I think there's some frustration and I don't, I don't claim to understand how it all works behind the scenes with, you know, between Google and Facebook and all Yelp and, you know, where their hours are, you know, kind of yeah. trying to get those all in sync. But, you know, I think it, it, unfortunately there's so many places where people go to get that information. I think it's hard to keep it all in sync, but I think people are much more aware of it. You know, I yeah. think, you know, people are going to, you know, social media for that information. You know, the online ordering thing is becoming second nature. And and my goodness, the, the number of restaurants that all of a sudden have an online presence and some of them yeah. are, are really slick, especially if you have, you know, dietary yeah. needs or, or you need this topping or whatever. Uh, it's pretty handy. And I'm, I'm hoping yeah. it saves a little stress on the the restaurant side too yeah. where it's like okay i can't have onions but i want extra cheese it's like they don't have to write it down it's just like right yeah. there for them so <laughs> you know so we talked there's positives and negatives uh, you know we've definitely seen restaurants at home cottage bakeries they've, they've you know a lot of them have thrived during the pandemic you know it's it's not all doom and gloom right um i think we've seen places you know like you know places that have opened up during the pandemic you know um like hobbies is a is a prime example of a place that has opened up you know directly you know in august and you know they've done really really well um during this time you know you've seen places like cops pizza open up a second location they opened up you know six months or so before the pandemic and they've already opened a second location so there's there's places like that i've heard you know from several um cottage bakers that are you know just overjoyed with the success that they've seen because people are, you know, getting exposed to, you know, it's not just your big box, you know, kind of places you have to go to. And people are seeing all of these amazing at-home bakers that are producing stuff that, you know, we've never heard of or never seen in Omaha or, you know, just, just, just all sorts of unique items. And, you know, I've seen people post that said that their sales from last year to this year are three times what they were for, for these, you know, some of these at-home bakeries. So it's been you know, been amazing. You know, I've heard from people that lost their their full time job during you know at the start of the pandemic, and they pivoted and went to you know become an at home baker, and they've been able to, you know, um, you know provide for their family, provide you know I had one person you know reach out you know didn't think they were going to be able to provide gifts for their kids during um, Christmas this oh year, and you know, because of the they were able to leverage the power of you know the group and this captive audience, you know they they been able to be hugely successful now and you know we're so you know very thankful about the you know the opportunities that you know wow. the, the group and things that presented so it's it's really cool i mean that that part's you know the reason why we do what we do when somebody on the omaha food lovers group puts out a a call of distress finds out that yeah. a, that a restaurant isn't doing well or something like that um usually the ofl will turn around and totally support and and some quick math in in my head here um with forty six thousand members I believe that's getting close to 10% of the Omaha population, yeah. if my math works out there. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that type of uh, group power, uh, you started a, a humble little initiative to mm. get some uh, donations for the, the Food Bank for the Heartland. Yeah. Uh, you know, great, uh, great charity, great organization that helps feed people that need food. And you set yourself 
a modest goal, and, and, and needless to say, uh, it became a non-modest result. Would you like to yeah. uh, uh, add some detail there? Yeah, so kind of t after like Thanksgiving towards the end of November, I got this, I got an idea just to figure out like what could we as a group do, you know, I think we, you know, we talk the talk, let's walk the walk kind of thing. And so I think we, you know, in my head, I was like, well, we got, you know, 40, you know, whatever, 6,000 people, 47,000, whatever it is now, um, you know, I was sitting there going, what could we do to help the Omaha area? I know a lot of people are suffering and, you know, I kind of was trying to figure it out and, you know, obviously we had to do something virtual because right. of the day and age we're in. So um, I figured out, went, to, you know, kind of did some online research and found the Food Bank for the Heartland and their virtual fundraising option that they have and partnered with them. And um, I did, you know, I reached out to um, a lot of the, a lot of restaurant owners, managers that I'm, you know, personal, you know, that I'm friends with or I have, you know, acquaintances, you know, with or, you know, kind of come in contact because of the OFL. Yeah. I just reached out and said, hey, you know, we kind of had this idea, like, let's, you know, I, you know, it's kind of, you know, I, it could be perceived as, you know, somewhat negative too, because a lot of these restaurants are suffering. But um, I think, you know, what I was trying to think of was what's a, what's a good win-win for these, for everybody and kind of getting those places that want to participate. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of good, you know, what I would say like free PR um, sure. or very, very, very cheap PR, if you will, for a restaurant. And, you know, if they wanted to provide a $10 gift card or they wanted to provide a hundred dollar gift card, I, you know, it didn't matter to, to, to me or to anybody else. Right. Um, it was, it was, so it was just an idea. And so, you know, I'd reached out to them and got, you know, I think initially probably 90, you know, gift cards that were, you know, kind of put into the pot as a, as wow. a, as, out the as gate. A, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. As a kind of just to, you know, if people wanted as an incentive, basically people that donate would get their name put into a drawing basically is what it was for. Um, and so, yeah, we set a goal for 25,000 initially in my head, I was thinking 20, but I was putting a stretch goal for 25, which seems funny now. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so we, we, did that put it out i think december 2nd is when we when we launched it and um yeah so then it became just it just kind of took it took a life of its own here and you know we had people from um like kl beef wanting to donate a quarter beef which is like a 900 hundred dollar value you know wow. things, so things like that just and at the end of it which we we ended it on christmas um we had over 135 it was 135, 100, 100, 100, 135 restaurants, I think it was, that reached out and wanted to participate. And we had like 360 prizes um, that had been donated. So, and all of those were just people reaching back out to me, wanted to get involved. Um, and we had raised um, 50, I think we're about, we're like 57, something like that. I forget, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of losing my, losing my thought on what, how much it is at this point, but sure. um, we got, we got, we, let's needless to say, we, we, we crushed the goal. And then yes. we found out midway through that the ConAgra was actually going to double our um, total. Um, so incredible. Um, yeah, between online, offline donations, those weren't done through virtually. I think we raised, you know, our impact was like one hundred and thirty-four thousand dollars. I think by the end of it, so that's it's huge. Just, it, it, yeah, it's, it was amazing. Just incredible um, impact, uh, positive impact in in so many ways. There, um, you know, you and I still need to go get some wings or some barbecue sometime yeah. when when all this lifts. So uh, that's that's awesome. Well, you know, you and uh, crew. Um, you know, behind the OFL and keeping everything running really uh, have been a, a bright spot for me in 2020. 
um, and and cons- you know before then too. Just uh, just keeping things alive and and the uh, support yeah. for our local spots and you know the neat things that people post and it's it's just a good deal. So you know, Stacy, I, I I appreciate your your innovation, your optimism, and well, uh, and here's to here's to twenty twenty one. Absolutely. I appreciate the kind words, David, and uh, appreciate everything you guys do, too, to promote, to promote the local food scene here in Omaha as well. So thank you. Awesome. Sounds good. Stacy. thank you for your time. Uh, this is Dave with Fatterday Omaha. We will see you later. So that's it for me, Fatima. Thank you to all of the contributors, Herdat Media, and you, our listeners, for giving Fatterday Omaha your time. Thanks for eating with us. Eat this and share this podcast with someone who's hungry. See you in 2021. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. A Huda Media Production.